I'm Tyler. I'm Shorty. I'm Ava. And welcome to, to the, the Inner, Inner Idiot. podcast contains graphic language, violence, and other things that you probably should not let your children listen to. Please enjoy. We're recording? Did you hit the button? Yeah. Is the button good? Are we recording? Yeah, it's, it's so they can hear me talking. Am I cool to hit this in here? Yeah, I'll give a shit. Oh, wait. there we go. We're here. You hear the music. You hear me talking. That's right. Put your ugly kids to bed. Set the deuce loose. Strap in. We're doing hood rat shit today. That's right. Welcome to the inner idiot. I am your host, Tyler Havlin. And I have nothing interesting to say about myself today. So, we're going to get right to uh, my first co-host of the day. <laughs> You're doing hood rat shit, okay? The Lord that's never bored. The commander of the comic books. And he ain't got no shirt on. Lord Shorty Fresh in the flesh. Two claps and a Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Yay! Here I am. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm awake. You good? Alright. Yeah. I'm done with I you now. Awake. I was awake before you got here. I know. I saw the message on the thread. And next up, but definitely not least, well, I guess you're only supposed to say that for the last one, but I'm going to say it for you, old Flamehead herself, that's right, red hair, don't care, Miss Ava B, two claps and a Ric Flair, <laughs> woo, Ava, now I promise I'm not going to cut you off today, okay, so how was your day? It was and, and next up, we got, no, seriously, how was your day? How was the movie last night? It was good. Okay, next up is Jay Armstrong. That's right. <laughs> He's not just a comic. He is a he has an album on Pandora called Live from the Live from the Drop. Live from the Drop. He's also a published off, author. He's here to confuse and annoy as many people as possible. Two claps and a Ric Flair for Mr. J Armstrong. <laughs> Woo! You can't even pronounce author. I can't, man. You wrote it down. You stupid. Yeah. Bastard. How you doing today, Jay? Uh, man, I'm I'm good. I'm enjoying the summer. Yeah. Enjoying the cicadas. I mowed my yard in the midst of mayhem this morning. I'm telling you, it's like the last three days they've learned how to fly again. I don't know. I don't know that they've learned very well because they crash into shit constantly. It's yeah, like they don't even look. They're yeah. buff fucking retarded. Yeah, they are. They really, really are. And it's a good thing that y'all didn't pull up about ten minutes earlier and see me break <laughs> my fucking neck in the front yard because something landed on my goddamn ear. I was taking a shit and all this in here. Oh fuck! But what just happened? And then Donnie comes out of his room. He's like, is everything okay? <laughs> like, fucking everybody. Hey, so we're going to get into today's top five. I didn't give you guys today's top five because y'all don't have kids. Jay, do you have a top five prepared on what I sent? Or are we just going to feed off each other here? Uh, I mean, about, I got one out of five. But the one is five. Because people think that being a parent is harder than it is. That's, And it's because parents want credit for shit that's not that difficult. This is true. So, obviously, today's top five is the top five things that people conceive incorrectly about parents. And that's it. it. Sometimes it's not as hard as people think. It's never as hard as people. Not not when they're little, anyway. People are terrified of having babies. You know what I mean? It's like people worry about an infant. And an infant's easy, man. It lays, it poops, it cries. That You feed it, you change it. That's pretty much it. Wash it here and there. See, I was always terrified when my two girls were infants. 
So, like, on nights I was home, because I worked third shift most of the time when they were babies, I would sit there and just stare at them and watch them sleep like, you better not stop breathing. You better not. <laughs> like, I just freaked the fuck out. But they never stopped breathing. They always kept breathing, so it, it turned out good. I worried for nothing. Yeah, man. Just don't kill nothing. Don't let nothing die. Like, that's, that's the whole deal. It's like infants. a house plan, but more expensive. Yeah. It's not even that. And when they're infants, man, they're not even that expensive. Like diaper. Oh, no, man. I've seen diaper prices. Ah, yeah, but you don't go through them as fast as people think. Yeah, you let them, you let them pee in it twice, you, you know. I mean, they drop a deuce <laughs> in it. you got to change that, obviously. Right but, I mean, diapers, I mean, they're not that expensive. Not like people, people think it's like this life-changing financial thing, and it's really, it's really not, man. Now, that's, I'm not trying to encourage dumb motherfuckers to have kids uh, thinking <laughs> that you're just going to be all right. That your entire last sentence just did. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. I realized that as it was coming out of my mouth, please don't take a steaming dump in the gene pool uh, if you're a fucking idiot. Uh, but, I mean, they're really pretty chill, man, and it's not as expensive as people think. It's when they become teenagers that the shit becomes difficult. I don't know. I got one that we're going to talk about on this day in history. I was a good teenager other than the way I dressed. Yeah. But, of course, I was raised by Christian parents. So. Yeah. All right, well, here's my top five. Number five. Of the misconceptions people have about being a parent is, number five, that we have our shit together. Now, I know y'all don't have this misconception about me. You know I ain't got my shit together. But people think that the moment that child is born, that you automatically, you just magically have your shit together. Like, nope, I just act like I do for that kid's sake. I don't think people think that, man. Really? No. Not one bit. I don't, I don't think that's a common misconception. I think that more often than not, people look at new parents like, fuck, I hope you don't kill that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. accurate as fuck. Well, well, as a kid, I thought my parents had their shit together. <coughs> yeah, no, as a kid, but kids are dumb. Th- this is true. You're that's absolutely what... <laughs> right, dude. Like, I, I completely assumed my parents knew what the fuck they were doing. But from stories, like, I think your parents might have had that shit figured out. They also had to deal with completely, like, hellions before me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, like, my older siblings are 10 to 15 years older than I am. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then me and my sister are a year apart. Hmm. And so... But the oldest two were just completely buck wild and retarded. Like they did everything wrong that they possibly could, and then me. I feel and my like sister, I probably know them. Probably. <laughs> um, but then when we got to this, you know, age, we could like realize what the fuck was going on. I was looking at my brothers like, okay, so this is what not to do. Right. Got it. So like my mom and dad straight up said like, God, you guys were a blessing. Like you're right. The first two fucked it up good enough for the rest of us. That's right. All right, number four, that once that kid is born, you magically know how to cook. And I'm here to fucking tell you, cooking to me is making some goddamn mac and cheese and throwing hot dogs in it. That's how I cook. Kids love that, though. I fucking love that. I'll even crumple (laughs) up some crackers, maybe throw some baked beans in it for spice. Oof. You disgust me. Yeah, well, you know. Number three is you lose interest in childish or hood rat shit. That is completely that is bullshit. That is false because I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking snort a line of Takis off my old lady's right butt cheek. That's what I'm going to do. Taki dust. Not the whole Taki because that motherfucker gets stuck in your nose. D- don't look at me like that. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my version of the fucking Rona vaccine. If you can survive a line of Taki dust to the right nostril, straight to the goddamn brain. Oh, those things Chris always eats. Yes. Okay. That was, that was her input. She didn't talk long enough for me to cut her off that time, though. Right. Ava, we love you. Oh, we do. Thank you. All right. So that was number three, right? 
Number two is you think all kids and babies are cute, and I'm here to fucking tell you they are not. Babies are fucking hideous half the time. And if a kid is ugly, I will not tell you that your kid is cute. Because that baby is ugly and you need to get a fucking refund. Adoption is always an option when your kids are ugly. Thank you, you, kids, Jay. Uh, cute enough. Cute enough enough I didn't put them motherfuckers up for adoption. Right, and uh, I feel the same way about my dogs. I I tell the dogs all the time, like, you're lucky you're cute. Yeah, because they're dumb as a box of clocks. Uh, not all of my kids are dumb. I, I, <laughs> I thought we were talking about the dogs, but go ahead. No, I, all I'm the dogs them. are dumb as shit, dude. Yeah. I got three, there are three Chihuahua mixes. A wiener dog Chihuahua mix, a pug Chihuahua mix, and a fox terrier Chihuahua mix. And they're all high-strung fucking idiots. They're... Chihuahuas are dumb as shit. And they're always angry. I got bit by a Chihuahua once, and my fucking thumb swelled up and turned green. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> We had a guy come out to do some HVAC work in our house this morning, and he's like, "Well, they sound little, man." I was like, "Yeah, but what they make up, what they lack in size, they make up for in speed and determination." <laughs> That's how I feel. They, they come with a dumb idea, and they're getting it done. It doesn't matter how many times they have to try. If you've never had a wiener dog, man. They just launch themselves at shit. Like they don't even like aim. They just see what they want to go for and then just spring towards it and hope that they land somewhere near it. <laughs> I mean, if they turn sideways, they got they got a longer midsection. They, they're going to hit something. Yeah. Oh, no, they hit usually the ground. <laughs> like, you know how cats, like, always land on their feet? Yeah. We've got a, uh, the winter dog chihuahua mix. His name is Alistair Growley, and he is not graceful at all. He fucking falls on his belly, on his side. He's, he's a goddamn mess. <laughs> Sounds like my three-year-old. Child, not a dog. All right. Anyways, number one. All right. And here is the biggest misconception. I swear to Jesus. I swear to fucking Ra. I swear to Jesus. The moment you have a kid, people automatically assume that you like kids. I don't fucking like kids. I can barely stand my own. I love the little motherfuckers. But, but other people's kids, I don't like them. I got a pie chart for my kid for fucking patience for kids. 98% of that pie chart is filled with the dumb shit that my kids do. 2% of that is your child saying, look what I can do one goddamn time. After that, I'm done. Do you, you like other people's kids? Uh, sometimes, man. Uh, sometimes kids are cool. Sometimes kids are all right. Uh, I like that other people. Like, I have some friends whose kids I don't particularly care for, but the fact that they got the opportunity to experience parenthood because being a parent is pretty cool, man. Like, it really is. Like people complain about it all the time. I love being a dad, and uh, I've gotten to take my kids to do cool stuff. You know what I mean? That most parents wouldn't do. <laughs> My uh, 15-year-old now, I took him to see Slayer and Behemoth when he was, like, 11. Fuck yes. That's a good father. Dude, uh, he's, I mean, he was crowd surfing at 11, (laughs) you know, over concrete at this uh, Extreme Live place up in Columbus. I know where you're at. Because it's concrete. Like, that whole pit area, that's Mm -hmm. concrete, man. And it makes it easier to stay up, but when you go down, man, it hurts. (laughs) I'm an active mosh pitter, dude. I I know. I'm not like I used to be, man. I'm 41 years old. Right. I, uh... I wouldn't have guessed the day over 43, sir. <laughs> the last time that I was in like a real pit was during uh, Despised Icon and Carnifex up in Chicago like three or four years ago. Hell yeah. And dude, I'm too old for that shit, but Carnifex does the wall of death shit, and I can't not do that. You right. know what no, I mean? I feel you. I feel you, dude. I, I promised my wife on our way up there that I wouldn't get in. And then when they separated the floor out, I pushed her to the back, and I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> they did uh, the last show I'd, not the last show I'd, went to but one of them i actually took my nephew donnie with me when he was 17 and we get there 
Okay, we're sitting in the metal show, and Donnie is not a uh, athletic human being. He does not know how to stand on his feet very well. So it's kind of like his chihuahua doctor. Yeah, exactly okay. right. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I forget who was playing, but they were separating the crowd for Wall of Death. And I did almost the same exact thing, pushed him to the side. I said, Donnie, I will be right back. And I took off. Well, this dumb motherfucker didn't hear me. So he <laughs> fucking follows my ass. And, like, the fucking wall hits. We're going. It go, turns into a circle pit. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm, like, dancing around the circle. And I just see Donnie's big ass, huh? Whah! Disappear. Then we get out of the show or whatever, and I see him, like, limping. I was like, you all right? He's like, I think I sprained my ankle. I was like, motherfucker, why didn't you, say, like, stay? I told you to stay. He's like, I didn't hear you. I saw this kid get his leg broke, like, L. Like, his shin, <laughs> his shin went like an L at uh, Black Dahlia Murder down at the Mad Hatter. Yeah. Man, that oh, was a God. brutal one. Is Mad Hatter still around? No, I mean, they demolished the building. Did they? No, yeah. I don't Which go down there Which is a huge much. shame, man, because that one wall is such a beautiful mural. My homeboy Frank owned that place, man. I had a lot of fun down there. Yeah. We used to go, dude, from like in 2009 to 2012. We were there almost every single Friday and Saturday. Right just on. Just in there fucking rocking out. Me, Trevor, and all that. I want to say the only show I've seen there was like Blue October. That was a good show. I've seen, I was there for that. I, I really feel like that's the only one I went to there. So, Ava, have we turned you off from having children or has Jay talked you into having children? I already wanted kids. Oh, so you're one of those dumb motherfuckers. Okay. Kids are cool, man. You just got to realize that there's going to be things that you, there's going to be decisions that you have to make to be responsible. You know, uh, I mean, that's that's the hardest part about really being a parent is turning down stuff that you would normally do and go have fun when you don't have any responsibility. Right. Uh, but the payoff is, is for me, it was worth it. I mean, your genetics might be shit for all I know. It might not be worth it. You might have dumb, ugly kids. Yeah. <laughs> It might grow up to be pot. I mean, she's cute Should I hell. be offended or not? No, you're cute. As, you're cute as a button. They might grow up to be suburban podcasters. That's oh, <laughs> yep. You definitely Shots don't want that. Shots fucking fire. Shots fucking fire here. All right, with that, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back for the, in this day in history. And then after that, it's all about Jay. Okay. Yay. Hit, Yay. The, bu- hit the button, Shorty. Hit it. Hit it. Hit the button. Did you hit it? No. Hit it. Hit it now. Do it. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. And we're back. It is June eighth, two thousand twenty. Dumb. I saw you hit the button. I'm gonna start hiding that now. Yeah. I'm gonna start hiding it, like down here on my little monitor. You're just gonna drop the screen, huh? Yeah. That way you can't see it. That way you fucking get surprised and shit. All right. Well, I only got one on this day in history for y'all today. On this day in history, it was June eighth, two thousand eleven. My oldest girl was born. Today is her birthday. Aww. And she has yet to suck every ounce of soul I have left. I still have some. And the youngest one's taking care of that. So, But that's my only in, on this day in history. So, if I can get it two claps in Ric Flair for my oldest, Kira. Happy birthday, baby girl. Daddy loves you. I know you're not going to hear this, but two claps in Ric Flair. 
Woo! Yeah. All right, you got anything for today? Uh, nobody that I want to mention. So, so who don't you want to mention? Uh, Linda Carter and the Weasel. Well, you still mentioned them. Yeah, Linda Carter's boring. Linda Carter sucks. Yeah. All right. By so, the Weasel, do you mean Polly Shore? No, not that cool of a weasel. No, it's um, it's a side character from the Cable comics back in the mid-80s. Fucking trash character nobody gives a fuck about. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to show up in the Marvel movies and like, oh man, everybody loves the weasel. Like, nobody loves the weasel. I didn't even know who the fuck he was. My first, exactly. My first thought was Polly Shore also. Right. Me and my, me and my oldest daughter actually do the weasel. The <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, like I said, today's all about Jay. Jay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a dude. Yeah. Uh, Good to know. <laughs> and that dude is a gender neutral term in that situation. I'm a human being. I'm alive. I'm an adult. I'm a, I'm a father, obviously. I'm a grandfather. You're a grandfather. I am. Holy man. shit, dude. I, I seriously wouldn't have guessed. It's, uh, here's what's crazy. It felt super weird when she told us, right? Like, I'm too young for this shit. But she was 18 when my granddaughter was born. I was 22 when she was born. It's really not that weird. No, I guess like it not. It seems like it should be weirder than it is, but when you do the math, it's like, you know what? That's it's acceptable. Yeah, it's acceptable. <laughs> uh, you're, you graduate, you're out of high school. You said 41 years old, right? That's yeah. So, like, if you have a kid when you're 20, and then your kid has a kid when they're 20, it all works out. Yeah, it's not that weird. Yeah, but you're not. you it feel like when I was a, a kid I felt like my grandparents were so old. Right. You know what I mean? My granddaughter's grandfather, me, like I will still go to fucking metal shows. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's uh it's I don't know, it's just it's we don't go by grandma and grandpa, it's grandpa and grampus. It's right. like Krampus. Yeah. Grandpa. I like it. Uh, definitely. That's good. Yeah, thanks for giving him your approval, Shorty. <laughs> it means nothing. Uh, I'm a stand-up comic. I'm a writer. I'm a photographer. And, uh, How long have you been doing comedy? About 10 years, a little over. 10 years. And what? how'd you start into comedy? Uh, actually, at the Mad Hatter. At the uh, Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at the time, I was hanging out with a bunch of like straight-edge hardcore kids. And sure. uh, one of them that I knew pretty well had heard me talk about how I wanted to do stand-up. And, you know, those kids all book their own shows. They don't wait for somebody else. Right. You know? Uh so he hits me up and he's like, hey, I'm doing this comedy slash music show down at the Hatter. Do you want to do some time? And I was like, yes. Yes, I do. And uh, I felt I had an advantage because all the kids that were there were like these straight edge hardcore kids. Right. And I don't take drugs. I hang out with those kids like I know them. Uh, and then all the other comics that were on the show were like stoners doing jokes about drinking and smoking dope and shit. You know, and uh, I say smoking dope instead of getting high because like that's how it felt in that room right. you know what i mean like yeah. it felt goofy and uh those kids just stood there with their arms folded staring meanly you know what i mean not laughing and then i, I went up and partly it's because i knew so many people per like directly in the crowd not right. just like i know what kind of people they are but like i was i knew them and uh, i did pretty well and i felt pretty good about it and i was like you know what i'm doing this every chance i get and uh it's been a wild ride man it really is like we were talking about paulie shore i've worked with paulie twice oh have you really yeah yeah, he's he was nice to me. He was not nice to his assistant that he brings with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, I really feel like the, the reason that people don't want to work is because bosses are terrible. Sure. You know what I mean? So if you have an assistant, like you should really, like I really was disheartened by that. You yeah. know, uh, 
But, I mean, I've got to work with a bunch of famous people. Uh, the dad from Friday, John Witherspoon, before he passed, I got to work with him. Uh, Guy Tory from American History X, if you know who that is. You guys ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. So, uh, is he the cellmate that converts he, him? Yeah, the guy that yeah. works in the laundry with yeah. him. And, uh, yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, dude, super cool, too. Uh, <coughs> I, the first time I ever featured at a Funny Bone was for Burt Kreischer, who everybody knows. Oh, now. Yeah. Everybody loves Burt. Uh, Rob Snyder. I just did. Uh, I just opened for Chris Kattan from Saturday Night Live and did a photo shoot for that show. And uh, I don't know. It was a bunch of famous people. You know what I mean? I got to perform at Taft Theater. You know, I never oh, yeah. expected to do that. I had my name at the mar- on the marquee at Bogarts, you yeah. know, which, man, when I was... 14, 15, Bogarts was the spot. Yeah. You know. So when when's your next show coming up? Now that we're <laughs> I don't back have a lot. date for it now. Uh, I was supposed to have a date for it two days ago, which is why I was like, give me a day. I got you. Yeah. And uh, the dude never replied. But uh, stuff is, it, it's coming back, but people who own venues are overwhelmed at this point because they're trying to get as much as they can because of how much they missed over the last year. Right. So people get themselves... I feel like a lot of venues, a lot of bars, a lot of places uh, in general are going to have this weird period where customer service is terrible and stuff is, there's hiccups in every event, you know, because everybody's just, one, we're not used to doing shit, you yeah, know what I mean? And, and now, now we're trying to book a year out, you know, especially stuff kind of, we got the, the word here in Kentucky and Ohio got the word pretty, pretty abruptly. You know what I mean? It was like four days before the mask mandates dropped that DeWine over in Ohio was like, we're going to drop all the mandates. You guys can go back and do whatever the fuck you want. Right. Uh, so when you're used to having like, you know, three months of events booked at a time, suddenly now you need something for next week uh, and every day following that, it's it's difficult to catch up. And so I, I'm trying to cut every venue owner that I'm working with, you know, slack because <laughs> right. of that. And, you know, one of the things that I do in my life that, that makes, I think makes being a parent easier for me too speaking of that is i try to understand rather than to be understood i try to see where they like what's their issue i can operate better that way you know what i mean and uh a lot of times if there's an issue that we're having and i don't understand why we're having the issue then there's no solution to that issue you know so i'm trying to cut all these bookers all these venue owners as much slack as i can especially the ones that uh run cool venues the guy that's, that's been on point the most is uh Paul down at Birkus in Ludlow. It's a uh, circus-themed uh, brewery, and uh, he was a Ringling Brothers clown. Yeah, I saw some of the uh, pictures that you had actually posted. Such a cool venue, man. And and that I don't the, even drink the it. I want to go see it. We will go, but the owner of the venue actually gets up and he involves himself in the yeah, show. Yeah, he performs. No shit. Yeah, he juggles the... fire and knives and. I want to see a goddamn clown. He doesn't dress up like a clown anymore. Fuck. He, uh, hey, you want to go? Oh, you're not 21. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have to be 21 to get into a bar? I think you just have to be 21 to sit at the bar. I, I think if they... I wonder if we say she's our DD. I wonder if we say she's our DD and she can get in. Because well, that used to be the case They, they serve food, though. It's if not just food, a bar. then usually it's 18 and up. Because, like, kids go into B-dubs. That's a bar. Yeah. Fair. Applebee's is a bar. TGI Fridays is a bar. Right. Yeah, I think that I think the moment you serve food is when you can allow eight. I think it's a percentage. Is it? I think I yeah. think more than a quarter of your sales has to come from food. Okay. So what? Or maybe it's three quarters. I don't know. What's been your favorite show to date? Like, what show did you do? And you're just like, you know what? This is it. This is it right here. 
Oh, uh, that's that's a hard question. That's the question you should have lined up for me in the beginning. Uh, as a uh, as a headliner, probably uh, I did this big convention out in Sacramento, California, and uh, when I get there, they made a flyer, right, and it's got my stupid face on it, and it says thirty five dollars. And so these this is people who paid one hundred and twenty dollars to get into this convention. And then $35 on top of that, I'm like, this is going to be an empty show, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I negotiated a, uh, a flat rate for that show because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was walking into uh, sure. instead of a door deal. Uh, Should have took the door deal. But uh, I was, but when I saw that sign, I was like, man, I'm glad I got that flat rate. You right. Know? And uh, so I go up, and it's, it's in this convention center, and it's three ballrooms that are put together, man, and there are a 1,000 seats. Mm-hmm. There are a thousand seats, and I'm like, this maybe a hundred people are coming to this, mm-hmm. and they're going to be spread out ten seats apart from each other. Like when you're doing comedy, like when people are spread out, dude, it fucking sucks, right? right? It's hard to get that that momentum and that energy because it's infectious. It really is, which is why uh, clubs like Go, Go Bananas or like the Comedy Cellar in New York City, they got the low ceiling. It's tight. People are really pushed together. Yeah, yeah and uh, that makes comedy easier. So I'm in this ballroom there's a thousand seats it's a 30 foot ceiling you know what i mean it's it's i'm like this is going to be miserable as fuck for an hour mm-hmm. and uh so i go into the screen room dude in the green room they got a, a, a fruit tray a vegetable tray a cheese tray like all this like you would expect superstars kind mm-hmm. of shit to get and uh dude I, like i'm feeling guilty you know what i mean like man <laughs> like these this... people went all out and because I have legitimate credits, but they're not the kind of credits that draw people. You know right. what I mean? Uh, it, they'll draw people who are already fans of comedy, but they're not drawing, you know, regular suburbanites or whatever out. Sure. And, uh, you know, you put HBO or Cinemax or something on a, on a on a poster, people are like, oh, that guy's famous. I'll, we'll go. We'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine are like Pandora and Spotify and uh, different magazines I've been published in. Uh, but so I go in, in the green room and... My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she uh, she comes inside to the green room. And she's like, hey, I want you to look out that door because she knows I'm freaking out, man. And there's a line of people like out the from the from the door all the way outside and around the block, man. And so the guy that put the event together, he comes in and I was like, hey, you guys did pre-sale on this. What, what were your numbers like? And he's like, oh, I think we sold like 960. And I was like, you shitting me. And he was like, no, nah, man, why? And I was like, nah, man, I was just, that room was big. I thought people were going to be spaced out. And he's like, nah, you're good. And I go in there, man, place is packed. It was fantastic. Uh, so that was probably my favorite as a headliner, just because of the, the emotional roller coaster it went on. From like feeling right. guilty, this is going to be terrible, uh, to this is amazing and I don't deserve this experience. You know, uh, my favorite experience working with somebody famous was probably Burt Kreischer. Working with him was a ton of fun, man. And, uh. Are you guys familiar with Bert? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, vaguely. But uh, you're in here stealing his act with your shirt off. That's his, <laughs> that's his whole thing. Now he used to only do that for years. <laughs> he used to only do that for like five minutes. And, and now he just does. Now it he does time. it the whole time. But uh, I listened to him. So I did radio with him. I did all. I did all. He he's you know he was you know come on come on let's do this let's do that and. Uh, is he really as crazy as he puts himself out there to be? Yeah, dude. Without <laughs> a doubt, <laughs> he probably downplays it. To tell you the truth. He's super nice. He's a happy drunk, you know. He goes through periods where he doesn't drink at all, and I don't know where he is in that right now. Uh, but even when he's partying all the time, he was just cool as hell the whole time. Right. That's awesome. Um, oh, that, that part will be edited out. 
It'd be all right. You think shit. so? We got really quiet watching right. somebody stick their arm in the door. That was gangster door. shit, though, for real. That, I mean, that can was. You, oh, she good. even he can you open, opened it. Yeah, that's that's what she said. That's so funny. I thought she was like, put it in the fridge or some shit. Close the door. Oh, close the door, Don. Thank you. She's like, ah, I'm just going to continue not making sounds. Let's, let's not, don't look at me like that. I love you. <laughs> so I have a question. Are your pupils always that big or have you consumed LSD today or something? <laughs> no, and I don't have an explanation that would make you think otherwise. <laughs> I don't know why they do this. And it's like, it happens at work. Everybody is are like, are, are you high? And I'm like, no. She just really likes seeing. I guess. Big pupils being real quiet. I'm like, man, this girl's on acid. <laughs> no, she she's one of the most sober person I've ever met. I've never seen her drink nothing. Do you do any? Do you partake in anything ever? I I smoke a little bit here and there, but here and where? Like here? Because yeah. we don't smoke no. in this room. Okay, just it's make on, sure. On my lonesome. On your lonesome. Okay. I she, don't drink though. I don't like drinking. Yeah, I don't drink much either. I've drank three times this year. You had a shot on air once. No, that's right, I did. But it was like whiskey day or something. What yeah, was it? It was whiskey day. Yeah, I or was bourbon just bourbon day. I don't fucking know. It was this, some alcohol. This day. is my dedication to the audience. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Bert Kreischer was your favorite. Tell us a little bit about uh, the writing. Uh, so I've been published in a couple of magazines. Um, Mainly like recovery publications, so I, I don't drink or take any drugs either, uh, but I used to a lot. Uh, been sober since November 8th of 2005, actually. But so I congrats, by the some, way. Thank you. Uh, some recovery publications have published some of my stuff. Uh, I've been published in multiple newspapers, I've been published twice here in Cincinnati Inquirer. I just finished a book, and and now I say finished, I finished the the, the first. Second, Rough draft. Second or third draft, really, yeah. I guess. Uh, and then I sent it to a uh, an editor, and I got notes, and I'm doing the rewrites mm-hmm. uh, in the end of that now. And I just started a novel. Uh, but the, the stuff that I wrote for the Enquirer, the first one was just, uh, I was tired of watching all these different pieces of, like, the recovery world, like, fight with each other. Like, doctors and some boxing clinics and fucking, uh, you know, Northern Kentucky hates heroin and, and all those different groups, like, trying to be the standout and it looked to me at the time like they just each of those groups just wanted the most attention right you know and uh i was frustrated by all the walks we were having at the time like there was some kind of walk for awareness for drug addiction like every fucking week for like a year and it's mm-hmm. like look man no junkies ever been lying in an alleyway and saw a bunch of people wearing the same t-shirt and thought you know what i gotta get my shit together right <laughs> you know what i mean it's never happened but it makes people feel better. It makes people feel like they're doing something. And I was just frustrated by it all. And so I wrote an back. Actually, I didn't even write an article. I wrote this fucking rant on Facebook. And this lady from the Enquirer sent me a message like, hey, we need you to clean the language up out of this, but we would like to publish this. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I trimmed it down from like 1,200 words to like 750 words, which is difficult. Uh, especially when you're dealing with something that's that serious because I can only control what I say. I can't control what you hear you know what i mean so trying to be as clear as i can in as few words as possible which is something that writers try to do anyway sure uh when i have a word limit you know 750 words it's not a lot of words when you're you know writing especially something serious and the inquirer got a ton of emails like hey can you can you connect me to this guy can i I need to talk to this guy i got my kid this or my cousin that or my husband or wife or whatever it is like and uh 
so the the editor at the time she she shoots me an email and she's like look we got so many people reaching out to try to talk to you can you just write one that's basically your story and i was like not in 750 words i can't and, uh, <laughs> right she was like no we'll give you like 1700 and uh so i wrote it and uh what was wild about that is i don't know a month later i get a letter at my house uh like an actual handwritten letter in a black envelope those and, exist still huh? yeah people still do it man and uh now here's the thing about that i didn't give my address out right mm-hmm. and, and jay is not even my first name like you can't find my address by by jay armstrong my first name is marvin and uh now the world knows yeah it, it's fine i've said it on 700 wlw everybody knows i'm a marvin uh i'm the third actually but mm-hmm. uh so I read it and it, it's this it's a it's a handwritten card saying hey you know I'd really like to talk to you this is my phone number and I'm freaked out though because like the the person figured out who I was and where I lived when none of that information was out there was it at least stamped yeah yeah okay yeah, good yeah. so like it wasn't like somebody dropped it off to your house because that <laughs> somehow makes it much worse yeah, no, it does they, they they spent the you know three dollars on Spokio to find out who I was so. They weren't. They were okay with spending the thirty cents, you know, or forty-four cents, however, whatever stamp, whatever stamp is now. But so I, I'm freaked out by it, so I don't reply to it, right? I don't call the person. Like I'm not trying to be murdered, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, three or four weeks go by, and I get another black envelope. That's another thing that freaked me out. It's yeah, like it's a black, black envelope, yeah. man. And uh, it was about how they were disappointed that I hadn't reached out to them, and. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, this th- this is it. Like, now I have to, or I'm going to be. Like, before it was like, <laughs> if I dig deeper into this situation, I might get murdered. Now it's like, if I don't dig out of this situation, I'm going to get murdered. So I called the guy. And uh, we talked for a while, and his daughter is, is a drug addict. And oh, okay. uh, I told him, I was like, I can give you all the resources, you know, that mm-hmm. I had. I said, but typically men work with men, women work with women. That's kind of how, that's the school that I was brought up in. There's sure. a lot of people that don't believe that, and they're all fucking dying, but it's whatever. Uh, so he's like, look, man, he's like, I just want to take you to lunch so I can just pick your brain. I just want to talk. And I was like, well, come and get me. You know where I live. You know what I mean? And he did. And he bought me lunch, and uh, we had a really good talk, man. And I'm actually friends with his daughter and her boyfriend now. Cool. Which, uh, it was a cool situation. They actually came to that show at Bogarts. That's where I actually first met them in person. Not not the dad. The dad, I never, I haven't talked to him since. Uh, I guess he's got somebody else to stalk now. But uh, <laughs> that's terrifying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, and, it, and, and a black envelope is fucking ominous as shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, so, yeah, those two. And then I've had some photos published. Uh by uh, some news organizations. Uh, I've had a bunch of photos pub- used in like advertising and stuff in like the vape world. Uh, I do a lot of product photography. But I took some photos of the the, the last rally that we did in D.C. Uh, for vaping rights. And uh, a bunch of uh, D.C. area newspapers and news stations mm-hmm. used my photos, which was kind of cool because I wasn't <laughs> even trying to do that. You know, I was just trying to document the event for, for right. us. And... That was a wild time because it was September of last year. Uh, D.C. was basically on fire. We were right in the midst of, you know, coronavirus pandemic. Everything in D.C. is locked down and still mm. we showed up. Like, you're not Here gonna, we are. We're not going to outlaw our shit. It's not going to happen. Right. Now, I saw on your Instagram, speaking of the photography, that you're into roses now. I wouldn't say that I'm into them. I was pretty happy with the images that I pulled, though. <laughs> 
Well, this guy right here loves him some roses. Yeah. I'm and trying to get I'm trying to get like a full on rose like rose garden in the front, but it's uh I'm not I'm not much of a gardener. Well, it it shocked me when you were like, "Oh, I love roses." And the way you passionately spoke about roses, but then I saw your rose. I was like, "Hey, that's pretty cool. Like <laughs> these dudes love roses. I don't know." Hey, flowers are dope, man. They are dope. A lot of flowers are pretty dope, man. I and it, if you go back farther on my Instagram, uh I have more flowers. Yeah. I like doing macro shots of flowers, like super yes. up close macro shots of flowers. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any like stacked macro shots of flowers because of the wind. Right. I haven't taken a flower inside to do that. Mm-hmm. But with a lot of the vape stuff I have. All right. So my next thing here is, is I watched and, and listened to some of your stuff and I would, um, I want, I want you to tell Shorty, Ava and the audience about two things. One, your first time that you were paid to travel. Okay. And two, the wind farm. That's the one. You know what? I just realized that the one I expected you to, I, I have it unlisted. You have to have a direct link to it for the one that I expected you to, to bring up. But uh, the first time that I ever got flown, man, I hate flying. First, let's be real clear about this. I fucking am terrified of flying. Really? I am, yeah, I hate it. I love uh, flying. I think it's the sense of powerlessness, right? Uh, so, like, when I first started telling people, like, admitting to people uh, that I was afraid of flying, you know, the answer is always, the reply that I would get is, well, you know, your chances of your flight being hijacked are super low. And it's like, I'm not worried about that, right? Like, the, the flight gets hijacked, we can try, like, the people in Pennsylvania to fight back. You know what sure. I mean? We can try. We have some measure of power in that situation. Mm-hmm. If the engines go out, and what, am I going to try to get everybody to flap their arms at the same time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're powerless at that situation. And I don't like that. And that's part of the... I think that comes from being a drug addict in recovery. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm in touch with my powerlessness and I don't like being powerless. So I typically don't put myself in the situations right. uh, where I can be that. And, uh, but no, they, the TSA sucks. And here's the other thing. Like I'm a four time convicted felon. So dealing with the feds is not usually a very fun thing for me. Right. Uh, so the, you know, the guy's like, Mr. Armstrong, why are you flying to Oregon? And in my head, I'm like, that's none of your fucking business, dude. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm an American. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I'm not leaving the country. I'm not on paper. Kiss my ass. But you can't talk to feds like that. You right. Know what I, mean? I mean, like, you can, but you don't get to fly if you do. <laughs> uh, but so the, what I, what I say now every single time is that uh, I met a 90-year-old man on the internet that liked to fuck me up the ass before he dies. And I'm going to let them because I'm a giving person. It's like my own personal Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, that's a weird lie to tell a stranger, but they stop asking questions. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's fucking... I'm going to try that if I ever fly. Oh, for sure say it. I got my whole family in trouble when I was like 16. My mom used to work for the airlines. And um, they found something in my bag that relatively looked like a weapon. I don't know what the hell it was. We're like, sir, are you carrying anything illegal? I was like, just 50 pounds of heroin. And they were like, what? And I'm just like, whoops. I did, like, I was 16. I did not realize the complications that I put my family through. Oh, no. Me and my entire family get pulled off. To the, my mom works for the airlines. That's bad. Because, <laughs> like, her bosses find out about this shit. So oh, they, pull us, they pull us all aside. They're going through fucking everything. They're like, where is it? I'm like, where's what? <laughs> Like the heroin. I'm like, what heroin? They're like, what? They're like, fucking, they're throwing all of our shit out. They pull our fucking luggage. We missed our fucking flight. My mom and dad were fucking pissed. 
I was like, well, I've learned a valuable lesson. Don't joke about drugs. So, so as somebody that's never flown, like, I mean, are TSA agents this uptight? Like, they won't Some take a joke? Some of them are, man. Some, well, you're not, well, there's signs now that says security's not a laughing matter. Please don't joke in this area. Yeah. Wow, they're, they're I'd be fucking fucked. Legit. Last time I went on a plane, dude, like, I made one fucking joke about, like, having a weapon on me. Like, a fucking, oh, no, um, I had a fucking, a small metal bar that goes to my fucking tripod and shit. And, like, it just, the whole thing disconnects or whatever because it's, like, fucking three foot long. But whatever, like, the one section of it is all metal. And they're like, do you have any weapons in your bags? I'm like, ah, just a small sword. And, like, the fucking whoop, whoop, pulled me aside. I'm like, god damn it. I was like, it was just a joke. My bad. I'm sorry. And, like, I didn't see the fucking sign because I've been to the, like, I've been to the Cincinnati airport. Fuck. So many goddamn times. Like, I've been flying since I was seven years old almost once a month up until I was 18. And just... Just uh, take it for granted, yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. like, I just fucking, you know, hor- you know, horse vision here. Like, just, I'm looking at one thing, just trying to get through it. I've I never called it sign. horse vision. Well, fucking horse yeah, horses blinders. Only, yeah. Yeah. Horse blinders, yeah. horse blinders, whatever the fuck that is, you know? But, yeah, I was like, fuck. Oops. So now I don't do it. And yeah, I, I don't think like, that shit is funny at all. I've flown, like, four times since, and I'm just like, I'm just traveling for business. And that's <laughs> it. Right. It's, uh... It, dude, I almost got, I almost missed a flight because I had a Ziploc bag full of peanut butter filled pretzels, right? <laughs> so they tell you if you have any snacks, you're supposed to pull them out of your bag, right. right? And I was, I forgot that they were in there. Dude, I got up at five in the morning. I don't get up at five in the morning. And uh, <laughs> so I didn't take them out of the bag, right? And uh, they're like, what's in your bag? And I was like, I don't clothes, man. They were like, no, there's a Ziploc bag. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm really apologetic, you know? Right. It's pretzels. They're like, what's in them? And I was like, what What do you mean, what's in them? She's like, what's in the bag? I was like, it's, it's pretzels, man. She's like, what's in the pretzels? And I was like, peanut butter? And she was like, are you sure? I fucking hope so, man. Like, I hope it's not cauliflower. And then motherfuckers like, just frustrated, dude. Man, I saw this Arab dude, uh, which I don't know what his country of origin was, but he didn't speak English very well, and he had an open container of protein powder. Oh, and God. I saw him pull him aside. I'm like, man, this dude's day is fucked. Right. Like, I felt so bad for that dude. And mm-hmm. Man, flying, dealing with the feds sucks, dude. It's not even so much the flying. The flying sucks because, man, over Iowa, dude, we dropped 300 feet in a split second straight down. And when you think about a plane dropping, like, you think you would feel like the nose go down. That's not how it works when you hit, like, real turbulence. Like, it just flat, like. Drops. You ever been on a plane, Ty? No, and this is making me not want to get on a plane. Oh, dude, it's terrifying. So I'm actually going to perform. <laughs> we have two different perspectives for this room. I'm, I'm going to perform at this recovery event, right? It's a, uh, it's in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and they actually routed us uh, from Cincinnati down to St. Louis because there were a bunch mm-hmm. of tornadoes over the Plain States, and yeah. uh, we weren't stopping in St. Louis. We were just swinging down. And then they realized we didn't have enough fuel to go as far as we wanted. My initial thought is, these motherfuckers don't know how much fuel we have? Like, how terrifying is that? Like, you should know how much fuel we have, right? You sh- Are we just going to land where we fucking run out? You know what I mean? Like, I'm freaking out already. And so we had to, to cut back up closer to the storms than they had initially wanted to, like... St. Louis is not between Lincoln, Nebraska, and Cincinnati at all. You know right. what I mean? It's hours out of the way. And uh, so we get up closer to these storms, dude. We drop, and the two people sitting next to me are both drinking cocktails, and they go flying up in the air, fucking land all over me. So I'm at this event 
for people who don't drink or take drugs, somebody from the event is picking me up from the airport, and I am covered in booze. Oh, man. Right? So as soon as I walked in, I was like, I swear to God, I haven't been drinking. She was like, what? And I, was, I explained it to her, and she's like, that sounds terrifying. I was like, it was. That's exactly the word that I used to describe it. Uh, there was this 80-year-old woman sitting next to me, and as soon as we kind of leveled out a little bit, I mean, when I say we dropped 300 feet, I mean, mm-hmm. it was 300 feet in an instant, a split second. Laptop goes flying up in the air. Everybody's got a cell phone out straight up into the air. Snacks and chips and drinks. All of it immediately is three foot over your head. And uh, so I asked the, the older lady. I mean, she was old, old, old. And uh, I was like, are you okay, ma'am? And she goes, I am. I'm fine. So after we land, I looked over and I was like, when I asked you if you were fine, I was not fine. Like I was having a panic attack. And I mean, there's nothing you can do. What can you do? You can't get off the plane. You know what I mean? Like. Let me out. This is too much. You can't do that. We, we'd have probably dropped 350 feet just by the amount of shit that would have come out of my ass. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, I'd have shit myself so hard that plane would have dropped even further because that shit would have just magically fucking... My, I've been on flights where they've lost power for, like, five seconds. No. 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 Nope. And, I mean, it's I mean it's it's something that, like, I don't know, man. I'm very... My family has a very morbid look outlook on life. You know this from talking to me. But, like, death is going to come. I don't it care is. how. It is. And I'm not, like, the powerlessness thing of it, like, I feel that just about any time I'm not driving a vehicle. Right. Like, if I'm not the driver, oh, I'm I have a terrible no... passenger, dude. I'm yeah. a terrible... I have to stare at my phone the whole time. Yeah. See, I'm comfortable with it enough to be, like, looking around and shit and not give a fuck. And, yeah, like... your, your driving makes me uncomfortable, though. Why? I don't know. You, you're a little heavy-footed. Mm. Yeah, it, it makes my butthole pucker the entire well, time. You're all right. See, I'm a good driver. I drive slow. I was, I was. It was explained to me as a, as a young man that the speed limit is as fast as you're allowed to go, not as slow as you're allowed to go. And I live by that because I can't afford the speeding tickets. <laughs> right. See now, now I was the opposite when I was younger. Like I used to just fucking drive like this motherfucker, like no regard. That's not a speed limit. It's a speed suggestion. And then my first child was Why born. I was like, you know what? I, it, I think it's time to obey the r- laws of the road. And ever since my first kid was born, I drive like a grandpa. You know, it's weird. I, I developed... Let me ask you this. Have you developed any phobias? Oh, my God, yes. I no. used to not be afraid of heights at all. Now I freak out about heights, I which fu- is part of my flying situation. Right. I fucking hate... Fucking, fucking hate heights, dude. I get vertigo stepping out of the shower. It's like, oh, my but God. But did you I'm have that fall. before you had a kid? Yes, but not nearly as bad. Well, see, that's the question I asked is, have you developed any phobias but, since but, you had kids? But yeah, like, <laughs> Come on, you, you mentioned heights. I was going with the heights thing. But yeah, I, I develop new fears every day. The older I get, I don't even know if it's the kids. But, but you want to be I, there. You don't want them to be lost. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's your job to provide, so. I, at least that's my, my hypothesis. No, that situation. that's exactly how I think about it. Beforehand, it's like, eh, if I go, I go. Yeah, it'll suck. But now it's, if I go, like, what are my kids going to do? Oh, I was ready to go. Like, oh, suicidal ideation go. is something I've dealt with my entire life. Sure. And uh, and that, I think that's part of why dying in a powerless way bothers me, because I always assumed that I would have... control. Yeah, that I would have complete control. Right. And, no, I uh, understand that completely. I actually, I, I quit going to therapy after that situation in Iowa where the plane dropped when I really thought I was going to die because I freaked out. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to die. Yeah. Like, I don't. Like, I really don't. Holy shit. Like, I legit don't want to die. And, it uh, takes it takes a wonder... Like, it takes such a weird turn when you're in a situation like that because I've been in similar situations where, like, I've looked at death right in the fucking face and I'm like, oh, shit. This is what's going on. 
And for me, it was like one of my friends took their own life, and I was instantly switched on watching their family suffer, right. watching myself suffer because I love them more than anything. Like it was something that I really struggled with. And like now, like I don't, you know, it's not necessarily that I want to die. It's just like I know I don't want anyone to feel how I did when right. I was left alone. Right. Yeah, dude. And totally. Like, it's it's a powerlessness situation sitting there wondering if your friend is gonna make it. You know what I mean? And like you just got to deal with all that. Like it's a serious fucking thing. And like when you say you lost, you know, like that's when you realize you wanted to live, dude. Like that's a cool story. Like. Even if you don't like flying, you have flying. Oh, I still to don't like it. it. Yeah. yeah, you have flying to thank for that. <laughs> I don't like you it. You know what I'm saying? I have to fly in September to Idaho. Idaho sucks. I fucking hate that state. You know what, man? I looked up some pictures of Idaho, and it's actually beautiful. There's really pretty pl- places of every state, but there's a lot of states. Hey, that we've suck been to New Jersey, except Mississippi. Hey, I have family in New Jersey, and I fucking love that place. Yeah, I'm not a fan of their governor made... or the state, the or their, the governor, the state, the I legislature. Sh- I don't know shit uh, about that. My fr- I have some friends that live in Jersey, man, and I've been trying to talk them into moving to Kentucky or Florida. I'm I'm getting the fuck out of Kentucky as soon as I can. I'm I'm going to Florida. It's all Florida. Florida. Tired of being cold. See, I've I've lived in Florida. It's just like after you're there for a month, it kind of wears off. It's like ah. Man. I I like Kentucky, man. We have we have the greatest. I'm I'm not the greatest, but we have a good mix of seasons. Even though we can experience all four in a See, week. See, those that winter, I don't like it. I don't like it. And here's the other thing. When when coronavirus hit, my job became illegal immediately. Like, yeah. overnight. Like, I suddenly, I, my job is illegal. You know what I mean? Not just yeah. I need to get a better one. Like, the industry that I committed a decade of my life to, instantly illegal by the sign of a pen. And they didn't do that in Florida. Right. So, I'm fucking going to Florida. Or Texas. Texas is cool, too. Yeah. Uh, Texas is not kind of pedestrians. I don't know if you've ever been to Texas, but, like... No. I've not been many places. You should go some places, man. Places are pretty cool. I've I've been to Chicago. Chicago is awesome. Indianapolis. Um, Indianapolis. Did you eat at Kuma's Corner when you were in Chicago? I did not. You ever eaten there? Mm, I'm not sure. Kuma's Corner is a black metal themed burger joint. Yes, I have been there. There's one in Indianapolis now too. Oh, is it really? Yes. Dope. I'm gonna have to hit that. It's only two hours. Well, I go up there every year for Comic Con, so. I, uh, we usually stop and get something, like, I'm usually on, like, where the fuck to eat, like, website. Kuma's, man, yeah, Kuma's and, like, is a shit. it always tells me some weird, off-the-wall, like, underground fucking beaten bar and shit. I mean, that's so, kind of how Kuma's is. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. look like what it is, but they have an executive chef. Right. You know what I mean? For two people to eat and have sodas, dude, it's fucking $50. Yeah. But worth it, dude. The Slayer, oh, yeah. the Slayer Burger is fucking where it's at. We went there, uh, we went to Chicago back in, like, 2013 to go see Within Temptation, and I'm on a Marth, and me and my ex or whatever, and I was like, hey, I heard of this fucking joint. We need to go. She goes, what do you mean? It's a fucking metal burger joint. Yeah, man. And she was like, well, I mean, I like burgers. And I was like, dope, we're going. And we fucking ate there, dude. Fuck, it's some good-ass fucking food, but you're right, it is pricey. It's pricey, yeah. And uh, I mean, everything in Chicago is pricey, I feel like. But even in Indy, the one in Indy is pricey also. Oh, yeah, I bet. But, yeah, Chicago is a cool place, man. I got to perform at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, which is like, comedy dream bucket list you know what i mean mm-hmm. and uh it was a cool weekend but then we didn't drive anywhere my buddy luis lives up there and our or he did at the time he's back in cincinnati now uh there was a parking spot like right in front of his building that was like free parking dude i parked and didn't fucking move my car until we left the city like <laughs> fuck this i'm not doing this again well luckily the city's so like well like Sp- like well brought together you can par- pretty much walk everywhere like yeah and the the subway or not well i guess it's the l train up yeah. there but uh 
Yeah, Chicago is a cool place, man. Where else have you been that is cool? Uh, I mean, I've been to Atlanta. I wouldn't say it's cool. Atlanta's it's, not cool. Atlanta not, sucks. Um, I've been all over Florida, really. I lived in Florida for a little bit, um, like in between Clearwater and Treasure Island. My uh, biological father, he had a house right on the beach, so we'd walk out the back door and you're standing in the sand. Right. So I lived down there for a while, and it did not last because, like I said, I was there for a few months, and after the first month, I was done between, like, addicts, like, just everywhere. But, and, I mean, that's and, here, too, man. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, on the strip, like, around John's Pass, it was just really bad. And and I just, I didn't want to deal with that. And here it's just inside. I would bet that a tenth, in a tenth of the houses in this neighborhood right now, there's opiate narcotics. Oh, yeah. Illegal oh, opiate narcotics. At I know least, four. At least. I know four off the top of my Like, I've lived in this neighborhood my almost my entire life. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know I know this area pretty well. You know what I mean? I used mm-hmm. to party out here. Uh, Fuck, you might really do. You might know my brothers. I might. <laughs> How old are they? Uh, one is 40. Oh, God. One's 44. The other one is 39. Yeah. There's a good chance of it. Did you go to Lloyd High School? No. No, I went to Simon Kitten and then Scott and I graduated from Newport. Okay. You may know my brothers. I don't know. We'll discuss that off there. <laughs> so, now that we know you're you're you hate to fly. Now, I know there's a good story about when you were driving. Once. Yeah, I like driving. I like driving because I can take my wife with me everywhere I go, right? I don't have to pay for I'm not I'm not successful enough to where I can demand the agency book her tickets to, right? right. So, uh Flying's cheap now, though. Fuck, I might start flying more. Uh, but <laughs> the uh, when I went to Chicago, actually, uh, we drove through Indiana, and it is fucking boring as shit. It right? really so is. Indiana's the worst. It's all corn, no teeth, windmills. That's <laughs> we uh, we get into the wind farm, right? And she had never been in one. And she looks over to me. I swear to God, she says, "I can't believe these windmills work this well." And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, do you feel the electricity? What do you mean they're working well? And she's like, well, it's windy. Yeah, no shit. That's how, fuck. Do you do you know how windmills work? And she was like, yeah, I know how they work. I just didn't think it would be this noticeable. And that's when I was like, fuck. She means she thinks that the windmills are producing the wind. <laughs> so at the time, I'm actually texting my buddy Adrian Cosby, who's a comic up in Columbus. I'm like, hey, man, I got a brand new opener. And he's like, what? I'm like, we're driving through these windmills right now. And uh, she doesn't know that's what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. right. And, uh, yeah, that's not how it works. But That's that, fucking awesome. It puts into my mind, like, these two pothead climate scientists. Like, <laughs> you know what, Dan? This global warming shit's out of control. Let's just install some fans. <laughs> <laughs> I like your, your friend comes over, like, man... I see your new solar panels. It's hot as fuck here. Because that's not how that works either. Right. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. It, 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 fuck. Does she, does she yet, does she know yet how windmills actually work yet? Yeah, yeah. No, we had the conversation right then and there. Well, of and, course, uh, yeah. You know, her explanation was, I, you know, I know that the wind powers them, but I thought maybe it contributed more to the wind on the other side. And I was like, no, no. She's like, well, I feel like that's not as bad as the way you're making it out. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> Any less bad? No, it's <laughs> not. It's, it's as bad as you think. <laughs> it's precisely as bad as I'm making it out to be. Well, I only got one more thing for you, and that is we we talked a little bit before the show start about stage fright because that's my biggest thing. I yeah, know, you said you wanted to do stand up, but the stage fright stops you from doing it. Yeah, and, uh, you know it's just something you just got to do it. 
You know what I mean? And it's like anything in life, whether it's getting in a mosh pit for the first time or fucking dropping in on a fucking on a skateboard ramp for the first time. Mm-hmm. or It's going to be scary the first time, yeah. you know, uh, and it's OK that it's scary. But I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? They don't laugh. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? This my motherfuckers ain't up there doing it. I, I might get on a plane that drops more than 300 feet if they don't laugh. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing, though. You don't have control over that. <laughs> right. You know, uh, but... Like, make sure you don't put enough gas in this plane on the way back. Dude, guys. I had another situation with gas in a plane, too, which I'll get to, I guess. But, uh... I don't drink. I don't take drugs. Right? So, that stage fright, like, there was no mitigating chemical for that right. for me. Like, I experienced it fully, and I got over it quicker than a lot of guys do. So, like... Or a lot of people do. Uh, so, like, when you go up on stage and you're nervous, but you take Xanax or you smoke weed or you drink alcohol, like, you're not experiencing that fright. You're mitigating that fear and anxiety. And uh, so the next time when you go up, you haven't dealt with it from the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's still it's still there for you. And uh, I think it helped me get over it immensely. Like, I've never had a buzz on stage in any way, shape, or form. I've only been doing stand-up for 10 years, but I've been sober for 15. Right. Uh and, you know, that's my, my advice to all new comics when they ask me, you know, don't drink before you get on. If you want to fucking party down afterwards, fuck, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't judge people that drink, fuck, drink as much as you, you got to drink my share now because there's fucking small villages going bankrupt because their entire ecosystem is gone because I don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or there's probably a small village in Afghanistan that is bankrupt now because I quit buying heroin, you know, uh. But yeah, it's that's my thing every time. Don't drink before you go up. You know, if you want to have a beer with you on stage as a prop, that's fine. Drink that beer on stage, but don't catch a buzz before you go up. Right. The other thing about that is you can remember what works and what doesn't work better. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes uh, great sense. And I also, uh, I, early on, I recorded every set that I did. And uh, I would listen to it obsessively afterwards. Like, they laughed here, they didn't laugh there. And then I, I started writing out all my jokes long form after I would listen to them and then I would take if there was a two syllable word that I could replace with a one syllable word I would do that because you get to the funny part faster and maybe maybe you're only saving 30 seconds out of you know a five minute bit Uh, but that's 30 more seconds where people could be laughing right you know it's an art form but there's also some science to it Mm -hmm. you know uh, depending on how deep in the analyzation you go there's people you can pay to do a laugh per minute assessment which I'm not paying anybody for that. I can count. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think being sober helped me a lot in that. And it's actually gotten me gigs, not just in like the recovery community, but one of the, the bigger club chains that I work for has booked me with people simply to try to keep them out of trouble because they've been known <laughs> to get in trouble. Are that... Drinking and using, and using drugs. Hmm. And that in itself is pretty impressive. I mean, it. I'd rather just get the gig based on how my, funny my qualities. Are, right? Yeah, uh, I mean that is one of your qualities. This guy's though. a good babysitter, right? And I've been that guy. There, there's one dude that every time he comes to town, they call me. Oh wow! And I've pulled him out of crack houses and. Jesus. It's it's been an interesting. Well, I mean, you're helping you're helping this dude stay alive, and you're helping his. Career. Oh yeah, I'm doing the Lord's work. There's no doubt L- about Lord's it. work. God's plan. <laughs> there you go. Well, I got nothing else for you, Shorty. You got anything you want to add? No, my only my only thing is like every time I sell somebody about flying or whatever, I'm like, it's a bus, but louder and don't freak out. 
That's my only. That's my only two cents, Ty. Because you said you've never flown. Nope, never flown. Yeah, it's a bus, but louder. It's harder to fly the first time as an adult. I believe it. If you do it as a kid, like he did, it's easier because you're used to it. Right. It's like guns. Like people who are around guns their whole lives, mm-hmm. guns don't bother them. People that haven't been and they're an adult and they see somebody with a gun, they freak out oh, about no. it. Man, I had <laughs> at the funny bone in Newport when it was still open. A friend of mine who was a very liberal. Democrat dude. Is but it not open at all anymore? In Newport, it's been closed for like four years. Yeah, it's, it's been gone. The closest one now is Liberty Township, which is like 45 minutes to an yeah. hour from here. Uh, but this dude, he's, he's a very liberal, like lefty kind of dude, but he likes guns, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he took his gun with him to a show because he, he had concealed carry, and he drops it in the fucking bathroom at the Funny Bone, and somebody who was not comfortable with guns was also in the bathroom and fucking lost their minds over it, called the cops and shit. Uh, but people who are used to being around guns, they don't freak out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's a gun. That's a tool. That's a thing. You know? Same thing with flying. When you start when you're real young, like, it's fine. You're mm-hmm. used to it. But when there's this buildup, and you're, how old, how old are you? I'm 37. 37 years old, never been in a plane before? Never. Yeah, you're going to have a fucking anxiety attack. Yeah. I mean, no. my mom, like, my mom used to send me on planes with people who've never flown before. Like, my, I had a friend of mine win a, um, a speech competition, so she got to go to Washington, D.C., and, like, my mom and her mom, like, were talking about it, and then my friend Rachel comes walking up, like, running up to me, grabs me by the arm, she goes, Shorty, we're going to Washington, D.C., and I've been to Washington, D.C. like four times. I'm like, the fuck I am? I hate that place. Right. And she was like, no, but your mom said we're doing this, and I'm like, mm, no. So I go ask my mom about it. She's like, yeah, Rachel's never been on a plane. She's like 16 at the time. Right. And she's like, you're going to go to Washington, D.C. Single-handedly, the worst trip I've ever been on. And I was there for fucking... I was supposed to be there for three hours. I was there for almost 24. Like, I am 16 years old. I fly to Washington, D.C. My plane gets... My flight gets canceled because of weather in Cincinnati. Cool. So I call my mom. I don't have a cell phone either. Right. I'm using a fucking pay phone. I get sent there with $20. I call my mom, ask her what to do. She goes, hold on, we'll figure it out. Okay, cool. So I wait. The next flight comes around, also gets canceled. Fuck. So I call my mom. Hey, what do I do? She goes, you need to go to this other airport. I'm like, how the fuck do I go to this other airport? From Reagan to Dulles? Yes. And she was like, (laughs) you need to hop on the bus and then hop on the subway and the subway will take you the rest of the way to the airport. I said, okay. Mom, I've never ridden public transportation. I've walked everywhere. She goes, well, good luck. <laughs> Dope. So I'm walking up to strangers like, hey, how do I do this? And like just trying to figure out my way. I get to the fucking airport. That flight had everybody whose flight got canceled going on it. <laughs> I'm flying fucking standby. So I spent all my money calling my mom, paying for a fucking bus and train ticket. And I have like $3 to my name. And you can't buy airport food for 3 bucks. No, nah, man. It's not possible. The waters are $3. You got to wait till you get on and get them Bischoff cookies. Exactly right. <laughs> All Bischoff cookies are so good, though. I know, dude. They're delicious. So I'm fucking sleeping in the box, like, underneath the chairs in this fucking airport. My dad shows up the next morning at like 7.30 and kicks me awake. Like, you hungry? Like, fuck yes, feed me. This is terrible. Single-handedly worst trip I've ever been on. Yeah, that sounds absolutely horrid. See, I actually like D.C. I like the history. I'm not a fan of our government, but I like knowing how we got to where we mm-hmm. are. Uh, Philly is a cool city. Oh, uh, I love Philadelphia. For, for history stuff. Mm-hmm. Boston is a cool city for history stuff. Cincinnati is actually a pretty cool city for history stuff. 
the older I get, the more I realize that. Like, I keep finding random shit in Cincinnati. I'm like, man, this is fucking dope. Albany and New York is another place. Like, it sucks. Albany sucks. Like, <laughs> the only redeeming quality it has is the history. It's a pretty cool, mm-hmm. pretty cool place. Other, But other than that, man, it, the food is terrible. The fucking people suck. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo is the governor. He's a piece of shit. Now, I've, I've never been to Albany, but I went through Syracuse once, and I had to stay the night there. And that was god-awful. It was like staying in a fucking ghost town. You think so, man? Syracuse is a lot like Florence. You think? Yeah, dude. Well, they got I mean, a big mall. They got a five-story mall, man. How's it a fucking ghost town? I, yeah. I was... I'm used to Florence, I guess, but going through New York, it was my first time going through. I was headed to Boston. How the fuck did you end up in Syracuse from here to Boston? Driving. I mean, we didn't fly, so is we this... drove, but it it's there. Like, that's where we ended up. Somehow. Did you have a Delta person fucking route that shit? I, I guess. I don't know. Syracuse is right here. Okay. Boston is right now. Well, so, somehow Cincinnati we ended in... Is right now. Somehow we ended in Syracuse, New York. You guys are bad. Hold on. How are you... Look, your your mapping skills are bad. But anyways, we ended up in Syracuse. And, <laughs> He's know. pulling a fucking map out. He's got an analog map. Yeah. This ain't gonna work. But yeah. So we ended up Keep there. Talking. Dude, it really was like a ghost town. Like, New York in itself was disappointing because I had never been. I didn't realize that the whole state smelled like sewage. It's all and mountains, man. Yeah. People don't realize that about New York. They think it's like New York City, like the whole state is like that. And it's right. not, man. It's mountains and shit. Yeah. And it stinks. It smells so bad. My buddy that lives down in Pensacola now, he uh, he's from Syracuse. And uh, that was the first thing that I said to him. Like, hey, man, like, it sucks here. Like, not in Syracuse, but like, so... I did a week at the Syracuse Funny Bone with Nick Griffin, and then uh, I didn't know when I'd have a chance to go back to New York City. You know what I mean? Being that close, it's only a few hours away. And so I was like, well, I'm going to drive to, to New York City. And uh, uh, But, yeah, it's all mountains, man. It's all mountains. And then when I drove to Albany, uh, all mountains. And people think it's not like that. Like, it's Broadway. Like, the whole state is Broadway. And it's not, dude. A lot of it is, like, backwood. If you're from Kentucky, quit letting people look down on you because you're from Kentucky. Every fucking state has the same backwoods fucking inbred hilljack motherfuckers that we have. Fuck yeah, they do. God damn. Mississippi. Fuck Mississippi. Well, everybody thinks the South. You know what I mean? Obviously, the South has that shit because that's the stereotype. But New York... Uh, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, dude. Pennsylvania sucks outside of Philadelphia. Like, what about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is a big city, but pit, fuck Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. I mean, I don't. I'm not a Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh fan. Sucks. Pittsburgh, but sucks. I've heard that the city itself is fun. Yeah, Pittsburgh is Covington with taller buildings and more beer. Oh, okay. Nailed it. Let's see, I didn't more know. domestic violence. Fuck Pittsburgh to the fullest, and their goddamn football team. Yes, and their football team. Don't they care. Can fucking and their suck fans. Yep, they're fans too. Unless you're listening, then um, just quit being fans of the Steelers. Dude, I saw a car yesterday with a fucking Duke license plate and a fucking Pittsburgh sticker. Like, the, you contrarian fucking cocksucker. Like, you just picked the two teams that everyone in this area hates. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> go Sounds fuck like yourself. what I want to do. What, go fuck yourself? No, well, that too. Um, yeah, nobody nobody your else house, fucking man. You. You're welcome to do whatever you want. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's my house. I live here. I pay the fucking bills. Um, no, but like me and my buddies went to a sporting event and I actually cut a jersey in half of both teams and sewed it together. Cause I don't fucking, dude, sports fucking to me are boring as shit. See, I like, I like football. See, I like hockey too. The hockey's all right to watch. I like going to hockey games. Yeah. I cannot watch it on TV, but being there is a completely different animal. 
Yeah. But yeah, I would take I would take two jerseys like just as cheap as I could find them and just rip them in half and sew them together. That way I could root for both teams because I have no idea what the fuck's going on ninety nine percent of the time. So, yeah, go whoever wins. Like shut up, asshole. <laughs> I'm just here for the beer. So so obviously you're a Bengals fan then, right? I am a Bengals fan. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen this year? We don't do sports much here, but man, how do you I, think this I am trying go? my best not to get overly excited. No. I wanted to see Suell come in because I thought offensive line was the most important thing going. Uh, but I'm cool with, with Chase. Uh, I think we filled out the rest of that O-line and our D-line and with uh, some lower draft picks and some uh, off-season trades uh, with free agents. I, uh, I'm i excited, man. I mean, it could be good. I mean, we'll see. Addition by subtraction. We got rid of Bobby Hart. That's the biggest oh, thing. Oh, my God. Dude, when they re-signed him, I lost my fucking mind. Dude, when they re-signed Marvin Lewis's coach that last time, dude, I swear to God, I fucking was punching the roof of my Jeep <laughs> just screaming like a fucking psychopath. And that was the same year that everybody was freaking out about players kneeling. You know what yeah. I mean? During the anthem, dude. And that, I was telling a joke on stage for a while, and I tweeted this on, on Twitter. Obviously, on Twitter. I didn't tweet it on fucking Instagram. Anyway, uh... <laughs> But, but I was just so upset. I was like, you could beat a bald eagle to death on the 50-yard line during the national anthem with a copy of the Communist Manifesto, and I wouldn't be as mad as I am now that Marvin Lewis is re-signed. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck the Bengals. Oh, I was so mad. Dude, like, irrationally upset. Like, and I understood right then when it was happening that it was irrational that I was that <laughs> upset. Yet I was that upset anyway. Hey, Mar- dude, the last few years with Marvin Lewis were bad. They were so bad. But, see, I don't think Zach Taylor's been much better. See, here's the thing about Taylor. This will be really the year to see because this is the year that he had some control. Uh, so, we'll see, you know. And if he sucks, we kill Mike Brown, I guess. I, I'm da- I'll am i sign a petition he's the right one. Now. He's the one that hired him. You know what I I'll mean? I'll sign a petition right now to have Mike Brown strung and quartered. So, if you ever saw the fire Marvin Lewis – at fuck Marvin Lewis Twitter account. That's me. Is it really? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go look at that. But see, I didn't hate him that badly. I mean, I know that the last few years were bad, but I mean, when we were growing up, I mean, we were we were used to being the worst team, a laughing stock. Right. Like, I mean, it it was very well documented that you, you come play the Bengals, half their players are going to be drunk anyways. Right, right. Well, I mean, a lot of players back then were intoxicated during games, not just yeah. the Bengals. Like, the Dallas Cowboys were famously cocaine addicts through that LT era. Yeah, but a little booger sugar helped, helped them football players out. And short bursts, man. But when it wears off, it wears off fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess you got to have enough for a full game. Yeah. He is trying to figure out how in the fuck you made it to Syracuse on your way from northern Kentucky to Boston. I see that. He's trying really hard. i got to figure out how to rearrange. There we go. But, uh... Look, I have nothing else for you. Do you want to plug whatever you got going on one last time? Uh, just follow me on Facebook or just look up Jay Armstrong Comedy on Facebook. I have gigs listed there. I should have one within the next month here locally. At Beer Kiss? At Beer Kiss, yeah, hopefully. Uh, we just got to get it ironed out on a date. You know what uh, door sales, door tickets are going to be for that? Uh, they're 10 to 25, depending on where you want to sit. What's cool about Beerkus is they went all out and got hooked up with Eventbrite, and you can buy tickets based on where you want to sit. Okay. You can actually, even even inside of the cheaper tickets or the more expensive tickets, you can pick the exact seat that you want to sit in. Well, keep us informed because I'd love to come see a show. I haven't been to a comedy show. This is how long it's been. The last comedy show I went to, I believe, was maybe Damon Wayans at 
funny about him. Damon is the best stand-up of, of that family, for sure. He's got it all. So I, I've got to hang out with all those dudes. Keenan is definitely the smartest. He's the writer. You know what I mean? He's great at writing, but as far as charisma, he just, compared to the others, he doesn't have it. Uh, Marlon is just ridiculous act-outs. Uh, but yeah, the, Damon is the like the total package. Sean is, is enjoyable to watch, but part of it is that he's just a good-looking, likable dude. So it's that vibe that you get from him rather than the actual... I'm trying to figure out what... I, I don't know she's, what they're doing either. She's been quiet 100% of this time. Yeah, she's been over there tripping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did do some research on it because I was curious why my pupils are always huge. And the two things I found was because... Drugs. Um, LSD, yeah. yeah. Drugs and uh, brain trauma and... Typically with brain trauma, though, one is bigger than the other. Right. I have that situation... Right. So I'm assuming it's the lighting in here. But you, it's low light that makes them big. I guess and it's, it's pretty light. darn bright. I don't know. All right. I, <laughs> it's just all right. It's, Where's my flashlight? I can say this. It wasn't my intention to make you self-conscious about something when I came here. I don't think she was being self-conscious. I think maybe she was just curious. I was curious. Because I don't, I mean, I don't care what the fuck my eyeballs are like. I see out of them, not into them. Right. <laughs> All right, so we got beer kiss. Anything else going on? No, just follow my Facebook page, my Instagram, whatever. Right. I can't see it at all. I'm already <laughs> following it. So when when I post up this episode, I'll tag you and everything I post up: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, my Twitter is all crypto shit now. I, I noticed. I checked it out. But I mean, hey, I mean, you big in the crypto game? I guess. Um, deeper than I probably should be. Yeah. <sighs> well, all right. That's it. Dogecoin. <laughs> Fuck Dogecoin and fuck Elon Musk. That bad, huh? Lost your ass on it? No, dude. It's fucking... It's people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. I don't... Dogecoin, 100%. I don't know any of it. Dogecoin, 100%. I don't know. It doesn't have a use case, man. There's no fucking point in it. It doesn't do anything. So you're just buying stock to make it go up? Yeah. Basically, yeah, with Doge, yes. So Doge is a lot... It, it can be used as a currency, but it's much like the the American dollar. Only Doge... 10,000 new Dogecoins are created every minute of every day. Constantly. So it's super inflationary, right? Gotcha. But they don't have a government... So the U.S. dollar is super inflationary, too. We just print the fuck out of it. There's no limit on that, either. Right. right? But we don't have a government in place keeping inflation down on Doge. So, like, this last spike, it went up. And then it dropped, and people don't realize how, you know, it's going to go back up. But it's going to be twice, if not four times as hard to take it back up. It's going to take four times the amount of money today. In a month, it'll be six times the amount of money to get it to where it was. Yep. So, so you know about this stuff, Shorty? I know a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. I just know, like, I know, like, the manipulation of it or whatever, just to, like, like, to make quick money on it or whatever. And you just, I mean, really, it's just... There's a lot of pump and dump coins like that. And that's all Doge was ever intended to be, the dude that made it. Didn't he did it to be funny? He thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah. Uh, but some coins. And I've made nine hundred dollars off of that just for shits and giggles. Cause you buy it and then sell it immediately, and just, or you know you sell as soon it as it pumps, week. yeah. Yeah. And just watch it pump up, and then you sell it or whatever, and then withdraw the money or whatever. And like I put, I don't know, a hundred dollars on it just for shits and giggles. I'm like, I can afford to lose a hundred bucks, whatever, no big deal. And then the next day it was up four hundred dollars, so I made three hundred. So I pulled. 
300 of it out. And Left the original 100. Yeah, that's yeah, what you like, do. Take a profit, man. That's yeah. exactly what you should do. And that's exactly how I did it. And like, I've done the same thing with Bitcoin. Just like I put a hundred, you know, I put, what is it? $900 in Bitcoin and then just waited for it to turn like a good enough profit for me to pull all of my money out and then buy $900 worth of more. And just like, just do that. But that some, way you never lose. Some coins have a use case though. Yeah. Right, so like, uh, there's another meme coin called Grumpy, which is based on the Grumpy Cat, but they don't use the same logo because the lady that owns the rights to that sued them immediately. Uh, but so, anytime there's a transaction with the Grumpy token, right, whether it's buying, selling, or sending to a different wallet, one percent of that is taken and distributed to all the other wallets in the group, including a donation wallet. And so far, they've given almost eighty thousand dollars to animal shelters. Hmm. Oh, that's really cool. So though. you're making an investment. You get passive income. Just by holding it, you get more and more tokens. But also, there's a donation wallet that gets those tokens also. And then every so often, they give that money to charity. Well, that's kind of cool. Uh, then you have uh, coins like ADA, Cardano, where they're trying to create banking systems for countries that don't have banks, right? So, like, right now, those guys are uh, pushing uh, African countries really hard because they don't have banking institutions. It's hard to have a stable government when you can't have... St- stable banking institution right so what they're doing is going in and setting up accounts for these different countries to be able to use banking institutions so there is use case to some of those coins they're not all just stupid pump and dump coins like doge but doge gets all the attention because elon musk is a fucking moron (laughs) man let me tell you what you got a lot of layers to you man i'm an old man dude it has been a blast having you on here yeah i've enjoyed it i've learned a lot i mean i'm gonna forget most of it but I've learned a lot. I've also learned that I don't want to get on a goddamn plane unless people don't laugh at my jokes. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that That was a chuckle. I mean, we're getting there. Just right? let me, I'll fly with you, Ty. I'll hold your hand. It's okay, buddy. I mean, you hold my hand anyways. I want you there. you got to be there anyways when I when, when all this happens. Cause you got to wear a mask now so people don't see you freaking out at least. Yeah. yeah. I Dude. fucking hate that. It pisses me off so <laughs> goddamn bad. Somebody, like, I, book, I just recently booked a flight. And they're like, you have to wear your mask. I'm like, God, fuck. Yeah. Fire. You okay? Huh? On flights? On flights? Have you been on flights? You have to wear them on a flight. I have. Yeah. Yeah. When we flew to Washington this last time, they were on it. I mean, if you took it off to take a bite out of something and didn't put it back up before you chewed, you know, there was a fucking flight attendant like, I need you to put your mask up. I need you to go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, fuck mask. So fucking annoyed about it. I mean, I'm not an anti-masker. It just, it sucks, though. You know what I mean? I hate it. So I typically try to be in as many or as few situations as possible. I mean, you as a fellow beard haver, uh, it's not pleasant wearing a mask. It's not. Dude, you break it off, you fucking get it all twisted and shit. Mm-hmm. I started taking care of my beard because of the masks. Yeah, actually. me too. <laughs> I start brushing this shit now. See, yeah. I brush my little baby beard. And I ain't even got You're a lot cute. brushed. I haven't brushed it today because I've been doing fucking yard work and shit but i do the, i do an oil i do a butter i do the fucking brushing and i, I didn't do it. it i don't do any of that i don't do any of that but the oil makes shit. your your skin feel so good man dude go to badassbeardcare.com they've got uh the one that i like from them it's called the outlaw it's a tobacco vanilla and black pepper scent so it's hmm. it's like it's not flowery but it's also not douchey like it's pretty subtle too uh but it makes it so soft like even now like my shit looks wild but it's soft just about anything scented, I'm gonna let Ava fucking figure it out. Like if it's scented, I'm just gonna let her do it. Dude, the the tobacco and black pepper, it's actually pretty. It's pretty nice. But it's not like cigarette smoke. It's like fresh tobacco. Damn it! I like this. I love the smell of fresh tobacco. Dude, I I, I grew up on a tobacco farm. Well, not grew up. I spent a few years living on one, but right. it was it was neat. 
All right, well, anyways, that's it, because I really got to piss. And this is a long episode, though. This is. This is a long episode. I have a tendency to be long-winded. That's fine, man. We appreciate you coming on. You are welcome back anytime. I will tag you and everything once the episode drops, which will be here in probably about an hour. Cool, cool. All right. I'll be driving. <laughs> so in the meantime... In the betweens time, you fucked that all kinds of up, Ty. I know. So, Ava, close us out. What do you want to tell people? Nothing anymore. Oh, you don't hurt her feelings. <laughs> well, I heard Ava's feelings, people, so... If quiet, quiet the whole time, and when it was finally my turn. Come on, Ava, baby. Do it for, do it for shorty. Do it for shorty. I, I love that we waited for her, <laughs> and then she didn't say shit, unless we made her. Eh. She, I just didn't have much input today. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, it was fun. I mean, it was a lot of information to take in. I just like to listen. Yeah. You're just, just like giving you shit, man. I'm not no, being no, like no. real. There, there's your closer. I'm giving you shit, you piece of shit. There's your closer, people. Ava said, just listen. Now hit the button, Shorty. We out. Oh, is that how we're doing this? Yeah. All right. Yeah, cue the music.